Weird Realities explores the paranormal, preternatural, and supernatural worlds that surround us. Here, we delve into those topics that challenge us to think outside the limitations of realism, where we test the boundaries of imagination and are forced to think outside the confines and restrictions of what is normal. We are the creators, the writers, the artists, and the insane. Welcome to our Weird Realities. You're tuning in to Weird Realities, the number one destination for super fans of writers, podcasters, and researchers who challenge you to test the boundaries of your imagination and question that which society considers normal. This is uh, lowballing. Uh, it's a new podcast. I think they call them podcasts, but I'm a little old. We're not sure if that's actually a cocktail reference or an old man reference. We'll kind of <laughs> let you figure that out. Uh, but here it is, lowballing with Joe Hansen and my partner, Alan Gamboa. Tonight we are going to be with Rich Rastucci. Am I saying that right, Rich? That is correct. And Brian Parker, both who are friends of ours and are very... Proficient authors. Rich is the uh, author of the theory series, which includes chaos, conspiracy, and conversion. And I believe he's tied that into his run series uh, with, well. with a book. And I'm uh, I'm looking forward to reading that. And I think I have to read one of the series too. I know I read the uh, the one. I think it was the chaos, and or the all three books in that series, and I really enjoyed it. So excellent. You know. Thank you. That will be that will be a good time. Next, uh, we also have Brian Parker. We're lucky to have him because he has a very busy schedule. Brian is a Five Roads to Texas author, as as Alan and I am also Five Roads to Texas authors. We've been friends with him in. Yeah. <laughs> We've been. <laughs> He's the one with the dark beard, <laughs> dark beard, gray beard. But anyways. Um, Alan and I are both are also both five votes to Texas authors. So Alan and Brian and I have been working together in that that this writing game for quite a while, and we've formed quite a a fast friendship. Um, he is also the author of the Easy Town novels. Uh, he's an author of the Path of Ashes series. Uh, he's also the author of the Washington Dead series and the American Dream series. And he is also the author of one of my all-time favorite indie books called Operation Hijab. So I have the greatest respect for him, and he is a very proficient author. He's one to watch. You forgot. He's uh, the head honcho at Muddy Boots, too. Oh, yeah. That's right. I I did forget about that. He's the top dog at Muddy Boots Press. And... uh, if you're an author, maybe you want to get to know him. I would get to know him before I, I tried to get him to work with you because personalities are like that. Just and my slide partner. into his DMs. There you go. Slide <laughs> into his DMs. <laughs> um, and then my partner, who is, uh, we're doing this lowballing show together. We're partners and now? We are partners, buddy. Uh, Alan Gamboa. He's the author of the Operation Zulu series, The Zombie Island, which right now is a standalone, but I think you're writing a sequel to it, aren't you? Uh, I, I'd like to. I'd like to. <laughs> but I don't own it. I'm just okay. you know, the writer. Sure. I get it. He's an author in the Five Roads to Texas series, has several books in that, and he has started a science fiction series on Amazon Vellum? Am I saying that? It's Vellum, right? Vella. 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 Okay. Vella. Which I have to look into. Uh, I did read the, the story before he published it, so I'm sure he's refined it since then, and it's good. I think you'll like it. Alan, Alan, everything Alan has done is a fun read. I guarantee that you'll enjoy yourself. He's probably king of knowledge when it comes to B movies. I don't think yeah. I, I think Rich, Rich is challenge there. accepted. Yeah, Rich is. I think Rich. 
So anyways, as you can see, um, if you're watching the show from wherever, this is a show with writers, and it's going to be about writing. We're going to be avoiding politics. Um, oh, damn it. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, we're going to go on to questions about writing. Um, you know, I could ask you what inspired you guys, but I really don't care. Inspiration is is a personal thing, you know, and if somebody asks you what inspired you to get into writing, 90% of the time you're going to say something different every time. So it doesn't mean, you know, I want to ask you some a little bit more, um, I'd call them intelligent questions, but you might call them the opposite, but we'll see. So, uh, first question I want to ask, either one of you can answer, you know, we're not going to, but, um, do you get into arguments or get called names from your editors about punctuation? Either. I feel like this is a personal question to you, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> I get yelled at from my editor. We all do. <laughs> Brian, are you your own editor? No, no. no. So I, I actually tried that with my first novel, and it was a miserable failure. Um, I do try to do like all, all the editing beforehand, you know, and then send it to the. We'll do the the rough draft and then send it to the, the revision. Uh, yeah. Um, but that, that's one thing I tell people all the time: I'm like, you cannot edit your own stuff. I mean, you think you, think you can? Holy cow! That you miss so much. Uh, just your brain just is like, oh, this is awesome, you know. And whenever you, whenever someone else reads it, you're like, you're an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember writing that. There's nothing wrong here. Right. <laughs> I mean, perfect sense. No, but uh, but no, I don't, I don't think I get in arguments with my editor. I, I definitely have double checked, uh, double checked her, you know, a few times and, and have disagreed with her. Um, but I always, I always definitely take uh, everything she's she's recommended, you know, and. and Either take it to heart or we'll, we'll look it up and, and verify. Um, but, but yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily get into arguments. So, well, no, I mean, you can't piss your editor off too much or they'll make your life totally miserable. Very polite. Again, speaking <laughs> from experience. <laughs> no, I've, I've, always, uh, I've always been accepting of criticism because I know, I know I have, have a lot to, to learn. Yes. I mean, yeah, there's things yeah, with exactly. punctuation that I just don't. Yeah. Well, and like, like my, I don't mean my personal like education in English stopped in high school. Yeah. You know, same here, you know, it just, uh, and editors a lot of times expect you to know more. We don't, and, and what we learn from one editor, we forget by the time we get with another, you know. Well, have you have you seen that meme where it says, "I finally finished my book," and you know it's that thick, and then it says when it gets back from the editor, and it's that thick. That's about how it is. One thousand page tome is down to fifty six pages. I sent yeah. mine out to six beta readers. Uh, they'll send all their their comments back. Two of them are technical writers. Uh, one of them writes technical manuals for the army. Um, they'll send me, <coughs> excuse me, they'll send me their edits. Then I'll look it over and change what I want. I send it to my publisher because I have, I actually, I'm published by Severed Press and I'll send that to them. They look it over, send it back again. I'll fix it again. And there's generally quite a bit between, you know, the six, the six people looking at it plus them. And I look at it and I say, oh, no, I don't want to change that. Uh, I don't want to change that. Well, this is too long. You got to do something here. I was like, no, it isn't. I like it. You know, I, I like that. But for me, your, to, to your initial question, uh, punctuation, I am really bad with commas in dialogue. Uh, I, everybody tells me, oh, this is what you got to do. You got to follow this rule and do that. And I'm like, I screwed up every time. Every time. I, I know where to put the comma when someone's speaking. But like, if you break something up, I'm not sure when to capitalize this thing. And, put, and, and that's what my editor does for me. You know, I, I agree. I, I read it and I try to put those commas where I think they should land, and I am I'm way off. Oh, way off. I, I always yeah. overcomma. Yeah, but that's all right. We'll get through it. Okay, let's enough of punctuation. You probably hate it as much as I do. Mm. Well, let's go on to what another question. Me, like what? 
I was doing Shatner, man. I was doing Shatner punctuation. <laughs> now it's funny. You know, I forgot the most important thing out of the out of the introduction. Did you know that? Did you even notice? My name Maybe is yourself? Joseph Hansen. I'm the author of the No Man's Land <laughs> series. It's a nine book series that takes the apocalypse through five different genres of horror and brings it to a completion. I'm also the author of standalone such as Sunny, uh, Cataclysm, The Age of Legend, um, Wayward Son, and I am an author of the Five Roads to Texas series, which there are five of us in there. So there, most important part's done. So we can get back on to my next question. Go ahead. Six what? Six. We, AJ. Six. Remember we brought in AJ. Six, Hosep. Oh, that's right. We do have AJ. AJ. That's yeah. right. We so he wasn't in the initial. That's why it was five. But then no. AJ came in. With, uh, You're right. And then we should add JL Bourne because he did the intro. Yeah. Which is pretty cool yeah. intro, actually. But, um, which hey, I'm, I'm, hey, I'm. Joe, you and I have. Yeah. You and Go I ahead, have Alan. the distinction of, uh, you and I have the distinction of writing two of the five road books that are heaping piles of crap. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was that review. Same, I don't read them. Yeah, same, that review for that. Yeah. Wait, you guys still read your reviews? I don't read my reviews. Yeah, oh, I, I every do. single I'm one of them. I read all of them. Oh, see, I, I, some I of them are just hilarious. I stop oh, reading some of them. Are fantastically funny. I mean, yeah. I appreciate when people actually take the time to to write a review. Of course. Now I, I stop reading them. Ninety percent oh, of my bad. Ninety percent of my bad reviews start with, "This was so bad I couldn't even get past the first two chapters." <laughs> so no, you like, don't know what's in there. Yeah, go away. Or I would not buy this. I would not buy this book again. Well, yeah, I, there's only a few books I bought. Another jokes on you. <laughs> you bought it once. Okay, my next question is is kind of a personal. Uh, uh, I just want your answers on it for my own benefit, because I would. Uh, I'd like to write a little more comedy into my into my work, and so I'm I'm going to ask you straight out. Do you try to build comedy into your own stories or do you try to let it or do you just let it happen naturally or do you not think that's an important factor in the way you write? Well, Joe, I'm funny. So what I do is I, uh, I write it as much as I can. I, I fly by the seat of my pants. I don't have a whiteboard or anything like that, but you read my first book. So was it right. funny? Or not? Yeah, if I remember correctly, it was Excellent. rather amusing. Good. That's all I need. Interview over. I can go home. Joe Hanson thinks but my shit's funny. So, did you try to do that, or did it just happen? Nope. I actually I shot for funny. I took okay. a. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Sorry, everybody. I'm just getting over COVID, so it's uh, I'm That's still right. coughing with the pneumonia. It turned um, your hair white. Yeah, exactly. Right. I was. I I look like. Uh, <laughs> Uh, Parker's beard just last week. Same thing. <laughs> Boom. Fuck it, eh? So I, uh, I, I, yeah, I mean, I shot for funny right off the bat. I tried to write a guy, uh, he's a convict and he's not, he's not stupid, but he's not overly intelligent and he's, uh, a, a bit of an asshole. He's a bit of a racist. He's, um, he's just a general douche. And, and the way, he goes about things is he makes dumb decisions and learns from them. And then he ends up hooking up with, uh, with a survivalist and then some military guys. Um, and I just tried to write it as funny as I could without taking away from the terror. And that's actually kind of hard to do. Yeah. If you make light of a tense situation, the tense situation can just go away. Um, but yeah, I, I, I do like to write the funny stuff. Okay. Brian. Uh, I mean, I think I'm a funny guy as well. My wife, not so much. She doesn't, she doesn't think I'm funny. <laughs> but no, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily try to write humor in. I, I probably in dialogue a little bit, I, I do. Um, but it's more like play on words or, or like, like little inside jokes or the, the, the always childish, you know, that's what she said, humor, you know. <laughs> but I mean, it's not like some of the, some of the other guys out there that purposely try to try to do it. 
uh, that, that it comes off like really, really bad. I'm not going to drop names. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there are some folks out there. That, I know, I know what you mean. And... Yes, there, there's some folks that try to try to like put humor in there on purpose. That is not. It, it, yeah. it comes across as, as trying too hard. You know, so I don't necessarily try to, but some, I mean. The, the, the characters that, that we all write probably are all a little bit like us in some yeah. some aspect. Um, in some aspects, yeah. In some aspect, yeah. yeah. Um, in fiction. In fiction. Yeah. In fiction. <laughs> so, well, so, uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, I do try to put in a little bit of humor, um, but I, but not not crazy. Like, now, my, my I did write a military fiction that was, like, based on when I was in Afghanistan, like literally everything that was happening around me at the time, I was putting it into the book because I was writing at the time. And so there's a lot of crazy, crazy shit in that book that like, like it sounds over the top looking back on it and like reading it now, like, like seven years later, but everything in that book and the conversations that happened in that book were stuff that was going on at, while I was there. And it's just like, so it's actually pretty funny uh, to look back on it and like, like the, the shit we talk about. Yeah. So. Well, that opening of Five Roads that you did, Hey, we, we, that had a lot of comedy in it. Yeah. it was a dude, but it was yeah. a chick, and we're cool. You know, the next yeah. morning, that whole scenario was was, was pretty amusing. When you're waking up next to a chick with a dude's body, you know, <laughs> not really a dude's body, but he's just slender as you know. Right, come yeah. on, you see him only from behind. You've seen, you've seen skinny chicks before, Rich. I should well, what's have that? Same with stuff to you. You've seen skinny chicks before, Rich. I shouldn't have to explain this to you. <laughs> but anyway. You know what cracks me up on that? What cracks me up on that one is you'll get some of the reviews that, that think Lundy wrote that part. Yep. And it's like, where oh. in any of Lundy's books have you read anything like that? Anything sexual. <laughs> anything at all. Yeah, never. Just go to one of Brian's books and you got it. Bam, you know, yeah. <laughs> that just cracked me up, you know. Oh, I, well, I, there were people we... saying that, that he wrote the whole book and they put our names on stuff, you know. Yeah. You know, and it's just like, whatever. Lenny, I think his, his story was like three chapters and that was it. And he hasn't written anything since on it. But, you know, he's, you know, he's earned his popularity. He's a hardworking author and his stuff, oh, yeah. is, his stuff is top notch. He's one of yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. You know, you, so you, you know, you can't or, you know it, him. no, you know what I don't get is he's a funny guy. He really is. He is. He is. He doesn't write a lot of that kind of humor though. In his no, he, that's he, not he his audience either. Serious. No. Yeah, no. but he's he's funny as you know. You know, it's just not much slips by him. But this isn't the all about Lundy show. So let's move on to more questions. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> okay, me on comedy. I tried to write comedy, and when I did, it turned. It, it just was boring. It just didn't work. So now I'm. I've started a story, and I won't tell you about it because I've just started it, and I want a lot of comedy into it. But I'm going to build the comedy into the characters' personalities instead of trying to build one-liners and i'm hoping that works for me you know actually using a vehicle to put the comedy out as opposed to trying to create situations because situations will always feel staged if they're not genuine coming from the author that's a lot easier to do that too joe it's a lot easier to uh to have the dialogue be funny even in a somewhat tense situation than it is to write situational comedy I find that very difficult to do because what's funny to you might not be funny to somebody else. And they're like, what the hell is this? And, you know, like I said, I think I'm funny, but not everybody else does. So if you can, if you can write a, uh, (laughs) if you can write comedy from, uh, from a point of view, it could be really good. Could be. We'll see. Or it could suck. I've had, I've got a few of those on public pieces right there in storage. Yeah, but anyways, no, Rich, I, you, you write for you, right? I do. Yeah. Well, I mean, so that's how it started. Uh, I just, I picked, I found an old manuscript I had written in pen in my parents' garage. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, shit, this ain't bad. And so I, uh, I published it and it exploded. It absolutely exploded. But that wasn't fun. That was, <coughs> excuse me. That was the first run book. By far my bestseller. Um, 
And then I started writing a blog post. And just like, like Brian said, I wrote that for me. Um, uh, I wrote it because I wanted to write something and people really enjoyed it. They said, publish it. So I did. And it took off pretty well. But, um, I, I do write, and there's a cat. I do write, um, I, I do write for me, but there are, there are some select fans out there that, uh, that I write for them as well. And for the most part, I try to put them in the book when I can. I, it might not be their name, but you can, they, they know who they are. And they really love that. Cool. Cool. She I don't think, I don't think you can write as an independent author. I don't think you can write for anything other than yourself and keep, keep at it because Let's face it, very rarely is the money ever going to be there, at least in my experience. Maybe you guys are pulling in regular incomes or not, but for me, it's I got to treat it like just a hobby and it's something I yeah, love to do. Exactly. You know, it should be. You know, it should be something yeah, yeah. you love to do. It shouldn't exactly. be. Exactly. Because once you start treating it like a job, then it becomes formulaic and it becomes boring. Yeah, exactly. And it's a job. It's, it's a job. Your work, yeah. You know. I mean, look at look at professional authors. Like like their first one or two like books are amazing, and amazing. then go along yeah. in the series or whatever. You know, they start becoming more and more politically correct, more and more yeah. like, in line with you know the the the, the common God, the, the gotta sell these gotta sell these books or I'm yeah. gonna be broke next month. Yeah. You know, and exactly so got to appeal to everybody. Yeah, you're absolutely yeah. right. Look at look From at Stephen King stuff. on this, down. They're all they're all that way. You're right. Yeah, I mean Brad Thor's early stuff was amazing. Great. Yeah, it was. You know, and yeah. then now yeah. it's just like, well, it's the same damn thing over and over. You know, and, and it's he's writing what sells, and yeah, I mean, you you write for what sells and what the editor will pass. You know? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, but in these kind of that way, we write what's what's you know. <clears throat> I I I love to write. I wrote for thirty years before Amazon was ever started selling books. Penthouse forums and... doesn't count. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Good point. I, My book. Now I, I know where I know you from. <laughs> I didn't believe it happened I, to me. <laughs> my my book service a lot. I wrote in pencil thirty years ago because I didn't have a typewriter then. Of course, having exactly a laptop the then was ridiculous. So. You know, um, if you don't love it, get out of it. Don't even waste your time because, you know, if you happen to get lucky and have money off your first book, chances are you're not going to have too much off your second, you know. So you can't write for the money when you're an indie. Unless you're Speaking the godfather. What Brian said. Unless um, you're the godfather or something. <laughs> the so what do you guys think about in a series about killing your protagonist? If it fits... If it fits and, and you have uh, a protagonist that can take their place, I'm, I'm all for it. Um, I haven't done it yet, uh, but I'm right there. I'm real close. In the um, five in the five roads books, I did. Um, I killed my protagonist because there was someone right next to him who was kind of taking over the story, yeah. and I had pretty much told where he came from, so I killed him. And I, I, I've gotten a lot of heat from it. I agree with Rich 100%. If it makes sense, it makes sense. You yeah. know what I mean? Especially in the, the genres that most of us write, you know, yeah. not everybody's going to survive. Not everybody's going to be the hero. And sometimes the, the hero, they do, shit happens, you know, and, and you, you die. I mean, look at, look at everybody who's, who's gone to war. I mean, I've, I've known several people who were like shit hot and you're like, that's going to be the next general, general of the United States Army and they're dead, you know? So yeah. I mean, it shit happens, you know, in, in the situations that we're writing about, you know? So, right. I mean, if it, if it fits, it fits. Yeah. I agree. I agree a hundred percent. It's hard to do as a writer. It's hard to do because you've got a lot built up around your character. But, well, I did that um, in my first book and I, it was going to be a standalone and I killed off the main character. So I was like, which was your first book? Uh, Operation Zulu. Uh, where they go to the island, the Russians and all that. Mm -hmm. Gosh dang! Yeah, right. no, and yeah. hell, hell, hell was my my uh, You know, was the main guy, was a hero, and the scene just fit. 
You yeah, know, like you still pissed me was, off. But was yeah. organic. So at that, I, well, I want to keep this guy going. So I had to write backwards, which is I don't recommend. <laughs> I did that once. It was I actually thought it was great. But when I wrote the days before, when I took all y'all's stories and like wrote the backstory on it for wow. the side roads, I think yeah. it was good. <laughs> You killed I someone else. You did a job. Man. I, I really like what you do with my characters. <laughs> Writing backwards is hard, but it's fun too. You know, that was uh, that was a, a tricky no, thing to do. Job with that. When I hear people doing anthologies now and and how they want to connect stories together, and I remember um, I took all the stories and I arranged them as best I could. And then I handed them off to you, and you probably spent two months rearranging them as best you could. And yeah. and then we sent it to an editor. And it was, I tell you, when you got five authors putting things together, it it's good. Well, and it takes and some work. I realize now it's been what two years, three years, whatever the heck it was. Yeah. I realize yeah. now that that I helped. I I did some of the initial edits before I sent it off to to Sarah. Yeah. Um, but I realized that the story kind of is more, it seems like it's in my voice a lot, you know, versus maybe, maybe. The beginning, the beginning portion. I mean, the first three, four chapters are you. Well, you no, 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 not, not just what I wrote, but even, even how I edited, you know, and, and made it cohesive. Sure. Um, so, so right. I don't know if, if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Um, but I, I, I do. That kind of had to happen. Yeah, I mean, how I mean, can you help to it make, to make it cohesive and make it make it right. flow? Um, make it like not just five anthology or short stories. Sarah, or and, and and Sarah yeah. at Latitude Thirty Three Editing did an amazing job. Like she was great. Yeah. Uh, she yeah. she's she's a, an amazing editor, um, and I I hope I can work with her more. Um, Is that Sarah she, Jones? Yeah, she's Sarah Jones, yeah. ES Oaks. I love Sarah uh, Jones. Okay. Um, yeah, she did she did a great job. You know, taking that taking the the pile of stuff. We handed her and turning it into, you know, <laughs> you know <laughs> and help uh, a, a very good selling book too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It still does well, does which it? is good yeah. for us. <laughs> should I get a, should I get a bestseller mark out of that? I don't think so. I don't think that counts for anthologies. I mean, no. I know I know people who do it, but then you're always like, yeah, not so much, man. Yeah, I kind of rather just do it on my own. Yeah, I think you get a T-shirt for that, Joe. Yeah, yeah, you're wearing it right now. I'll take a T-shirt. I have paid for this. <laughs> and then you got a bargain. Hey. <laughs> just like those those writing awards that 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 folks get, and, and now now well, if there's any, if there's any writers that's no, listening, no, so but those writing awards, most of them that, that they're out there, people pay for them. Yeah, or it's a popularity contest. Yeah, or it's a popularity contest. Yeah, they're not real. You know, you hear of one award show one year and you never hear of it again because it was only for one year to make a few of their friends feel better. Yeah. You know? know, There are some people that get pretty heartbroken when when their novel doesn't sell a million right off the bat. Well, of course. Yeah, and I think, gosh, if if I remember right, uh, I think there was statistics. I haven't looked it up in years, but like the average like indie novel uh, will, will sell less than a hundred copies over its lifetime. You wow. know, so the fact the fact that the, the the four of us are on this like forum, obviously, you know, we're doing a little bit better than that. Um, something right, yeah. But yeah, doing something oh, right. Yeah. You know. On some of them, yeah. But, but yeah, but I mean, but I mean, it's it's there's so much stuff on Amazon. You know, I mean. And, and, and to, to, whenever I first read that set, I think I was like starting out and I read that, I was like, holy crap, you know? And then I remembered, oh yeah, I'm writing for me. I have a job. <laughs> you know, this, exactly. This is my, this is my job. Exactly. You can't, you know, I, I can't even look at stats or read reviews. It just, yeah. it doesn't matter to me. If I get too upset of it, about things, it, it ruins my writing. So I just don't even worry about it. And I just, I just focus on writing. The only way I'm going to sell more books is by doing better than I already am, you know, and that takes work. You yeah, it know? does. I, I've but had you know, out there that people really <clears throat> remark and say good things about, and others that. Well, it's it's well. come and it's weird because it's come a long way. Because I remember, you know, 20 years ago, I'd go to the supermarket because we didn't have a bookstore, 
and they'd have just the top 20 paperbacks, you know? Yeah. And those same, same, you know, Dean Koontz, King, yep. um, you know, Beverly Smith, whatever, you know? And now it's, you know, you got, you know, Parker, Restucci, Hanson, Gamboa. What I mean, was, not that one, but. UC Andrews, God damn. Yeah, books yeah. I mean. Died, you know. Now you have a plethora of just imagination out there. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's all it there, but, but, I mean, you can, you can point the finger at Amazon, the big bad, you know, big bad person or big bad company in the room or whatever. Um, but hell, they did, they did amazing for, for writing, for, for the writing. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. To be able to get your stuff out there to folks, you know, yeah. I mean, well, I, I don't know how I would have done authors, it without that. Yeah. The authors yeah. that are recognized by the big companies are by far not the most creative authors that are out there in the yeah. indie world. I mean, you see things in the indie world that just blow traditional shit away. Absolutely. You know? Oh, yeah. And, and Concepts, especially when we get into the the whole multiverse and uh, you know and uh, you know when you get into the sci-fi end of things, it's just incredible what some of these guys have come up well, with. Well, look at Kuntz. You know, he wrote the same book two hundred times. Yeah. You yeah. know, once he had his initial books down, it was the same. You know, same formula, something different, but the same formula, and that got old. And now I can read, you know, Parker's sci-fi, which is awesome. Rich's, I love your zombie books, you know, and Joe's got fantasy. He's got giant dogs. I mean, giant dogs. you know, <laughs> that's what I heard. <laughs> I love that. I'll show you. <laughs> that's the one he's working on. That's what he's working on. Right <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a, he's got a very a big cover. <laughs> That's a genre question that I'm saving for tomorrow night. Tomorrow night we're, we're going to be visiting with N.C. Reed. He did the Fire in the Sky series, and then his his uh, editor who wrote the true story of Billy the Kid and the Last Inmate of Alcatraz and makes TV documentaries. So that'll be an interesting show tomorrow night. That's what's going to follow you guys up. But for you, so that's a genre question that I'm saving for them. Uh, genre and voice. Um, what about Deuce X characters? Now, I know I'm going to say this wrong, but the technical term is Deuce X Machina. And it's uh, like Superman. Um, comes in, saves the day, can do no wrong. What about characters like that? I mean, do you believe they belong anywhere in a story other than a comic book? Again, if it fits. If you can yeah, squeeze it in and make it work, then yeah, why mm -hmm. not? Okay. Um, I think those characters are very difficult to write. I oh, mean, yeah. Just Mr. I Perfection. Uh, I think people relate to flaws. Uh, yeah. You see Superman and he doesn't really have any flaws. Um, right. you, you see a guy like me and that's all you see is flaws. So. Yeah. Uh, if you can, if you can write that, if you can write somebody that has crippling anxiety, and you can write it such that it works, and people can relate to that, you're going to sell books, for sure. The uh, for, but but for the Deus Ex, I I, I just don't know. I, yeah, you don't see. I've never written that. It. I've yeah, never exactly. written that. I haven't um, either. You know, I see Alan writing it. And Brian, Brian will write anything. So yeah, I'm, 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 I'm writing. But, I mean, but I, to be honest, to be honest with you, I mean, humanity itself, we're flawed. You know, oh, so yeah. I don't think exactly. you can, yeah, well, you can, but it's it's extremely hard. Like we said, extremely hard to write a, a, a character who's who doesn't have flaws. You know, and and I mean, hell, we've had <clears throat> we've had more people killed in wars than have ever been alive. Well, that's not true. That that's a stupid. Hi, I'm drunk. <laughs> We've had more people killed. I was nodding, yeah. Wars, yeah, because, because like humanity itself is flawed. There will never be world peace because people are the problem. You know, I mean, so there's, there, there may be a handful of people in the entire world that are, you know, they, they are the best they can be and they, they're, they're never going to do something awful. Uh, or not, not awful. That's a, that's bad. But they're never gonna, they're never gonna 
do something dumb. Dang it. <laughs> this is not working. I think but, you're trying to say people are, you know, so again, uh, so I don't, I don't like those characters. I've never written any of those characters and I certainly don't think that, that I ever will. Um, um, yeah, I mean, heck the, 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 the main character in one of my, one of my series is like a, a raging alcoholic who is pretty much a bumbling idiot, but he also is pretty lucky, you know, so he, so he gets it done. You know? We have the same character. Hey! <laughs> Did you guys have to do any research on that character? It's me! Every day! Yeah, it was, it was, <laughs> the guy's kind Pull of the curtain me. back! I don't know what you're book. getting at. Well, Joe, what you're getting at, I tried to watch the... Uh, I tried to watch that Eternals movie. Yeah, I tried to watch that. But the character's wrong. It's, Nothing could kill him. And I watched about 15 minutes of that. I thought, nah. Nah. It just, there was no connection to the characters for me. You know, the first video game I ever got was called Redneck Rampage. And, uh, I went on and I got, I got all the codes so I had like permanent life. And, and, uh, you know, by the time I got done blowing through like 30 screens of Redneck, I never played the game again. Why? Because I had all the codes. I just knew I had to type things in. I had a hundred percent life, yeah. and you know, <laughs> so yeah. you know that's cheap. why that's why not, they're not the juice act really kind of is, is more of a a comic book thing than it is um than it is a, a serious literature thing, in my opinion. Which yeah, I've no. been wrong in the past. Challenge you know, exactly to write the guy that goes. <laughs> I'm gonna try it. Uh-oh. Uh, you go, girl. I'll probably scrap go, it after girl. three words, but uh, we'll see. You know, it's just I don't see it as being a reality. I mean, we're writing fiction. We're writing about the apocalypse. We're writing about zombies, infected. You know, when I write fantasy, I'm writing about magic and elves and gnomes. So, big dogs. You know, I have to make a big dogs. You know, I have to make a conscious effort to try and keep things relatively believable. You know, if it's far out there, I've got to make it sound believable. And, you know, adding in a, a character like that is just, just, is just too much to work around for me. I'd rather have them flawed. And yep. So speaking about believable characters, can you imagine, did you, have, have you seen the, uh, the white chocolate Twix? Have you seen those? Yes. <laughs> I've seen white them in real life. This big and the regular dark <laughs> are this big. What the fuck? What is that about? Same price. Same price. Yeah. Right and left. Yeah. White chalk is more expensive. <laughs> yeah, and that's just really another, that's Sorry, just this a, I do. That's just it's, another it's thing just we can blame really on Biden, you know? I mean, come on. <laughs> crazy, crazy. You got the Barry Bars and the Johansson Bars. The Barry Bars and the Johansson Bars. <laughs> So, all right, when you guys develop characters, do you try to look at someone in your past, or do you take a do you take a conglomeration of everything you've seen throughout your life and try to build a fresh character for your both. stories? Definitely both. both. Okay. Um, I I take I, I base a lot of the characters' flaws on myself, and then I go mm-hmm. back. I mean, I pick kids from high school that I knew that some were great and some were just straight up dicks, and I put them kind of put them together and make a nice dick. Um, and that, that character... Tell me more. Yeah, I'm intrigued. That character uh, can, oh, you said can nice make dick or break. Yeah. I know, right? Um, this is low ball, can, right? Low ball? <laughs> low ball. Like that character right. can... Excuse me. It's an old man a, a, a book. Um, and sometimes mm-hmm. I, I will base... I once based a character off of a a Karen that backed into me in a uh, stop and shop, which is a grocery store. And she backed into me. I was parked and she got out and started screaming at me. And I'm like, oh, you are so good in my friggin' book. And uh, she didn't last long, but good character. You know, so, yeah, I, I, I pick both. I do both. Yeah. I would say pretty much everybody does. But, yeah. you know, I do have to fill the dead air. So, Brian, what do you say? <laughs> yes. 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 
No, I mean, I, I think, of course, I mean, it's, it's, it's easy to, to take people that you agree, that you like and agree with and, and carry them along, they'll potentially like build a character around them and carry them along in your novels. And people that you're like, eh, this is a different kind of world. Something, something else might happen to you. And, uh, and, and write it in to fiction that way. Um, I don't know. So, so yes, take a little, a little bit of both, you know, take the, take the real world, put it in there for some characters. And then sometimes not just kind of all over the place, really. Alan, you got anything to say? Oh yeah. I, I put coworkers and supervisors. <laughs> and just, the bad guys, most of the bad guys. Yeah. Are, are people I work with. Yeah. And a lot I mean, not, our supervisors. Other authors. Yeah. You say other authors? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. The, the indie world's weird, man. Yeah. It's it a, is. You, you guys all know that. It's a weird. Yeah. It's a it's well, a brotherhood, but it's not. It's just well, like so so I used to like like really try to do the indie thing and like get in there and like hang out and do all the things and like all the the, the Facebook groups and the, the different boards oh, and everything. And I've so, I've, I've disengaged so much. Um, yeah. and to be honest with you, 100% truth in lending, my, my sales have, have dipped, I think a little bit because I've kind of like really disengaged from that sort of stuff. Um, but I mean, it's just, it's so much more peaceful <laughs> than, than going, going in there and, and, and dealing with, with, with people. You know, so I, I just, I just can't do that anymore. I can't yeah. be in every group. Yeah. Yeah. I nice three, try it, you know, but no. Yeah. Yeah. It's, How many groups it's, just, it's a strange world. Oh, I mean, I, I, fans dozens, are great. I mean, fans dozens, are great. Dozens. Yeah. I, I, I'm only really active in a, in a few. Right. Uh, Horror Writers Inc. Of course, all of us are in yeah. there. Um, but that's, that's the only one I'm in right now. Plus, like I said recently, I'm just getting over COVID. So I was, it was three weeks for me where I just, I didn't do anything. I just, I literally sat on the couch and watched the dogs. So I'm starting to get back into it now. Didn't write anything. I did read a couple books by Brian Parker, but I didn't, I didn't write anything, um, for, for a solid three weeks. Uh, Only a couple. You've got thirty of them out there. Yeah, no, well, I'm, re I'm currently reading uh, the third. I think he built his house out. Yeah, I think yeah, he built his there's, house there's out. There's the cornerstones. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right. One thing that I've noticed that I feel is important to being a writer um, and to having um, some value to your stories. Is, is whether you live by a personal code or not. I personally live by a code that I set for my life, uh, how I live my life, how I want to treat people, how I want to be uh, in regards to money and business and things like that. And um, am I just building mountains out of molehills by believing that that makes a difference in, in how well you write or or do you guys also live your life by i don't need to know what your code is but do you do you set a code for yourself and uh and and, and try to live by it i mean doesn't everybody are, are there people out there that i don't actually know that they do, do i that? think that's one of the things that's lacking i mean maybe you know? i mean maybe maybe the people who have lacking codes have codes but they just suck maybe their their code needs a kick in the ass i mean yeah uh you guys the three of you guys I, I think we all share similar interests, so I, right. I would imagine that our, you know, codes are pretty similar. Uh, but yeah, I, I like I like to live uh, my life by uh, I don't want to hurt anybody, don't touch my stuff, that type of thing. Yeah. Um, and I think there's, I think you kind of have to. I, I, I don't know how you could get through life without without that. But like I said, maybe. Maybe there are people out there with a different code, and their code just sucks. I don't know. What do you guys think? Agreed. Those kind of answers are What's it, the low range? You dealing with the low ranger down there? Agreed. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like James Carmel from old school. I, I, I can't find anything wrong with his logic, or I, whatever the, the, the phrase was. <laughs> 
Well, my here's my personal code: eight six seven five three zero nine. Oh, I thought it was right down, down, left, right, B A. Yeah, that's that's right. Right. well, that was Joe and uh, Redneck Rampage. Was... Yeah, right. <laughs> Damn it, I had to look that up too. I couldn't remember. Uh, what Redneck Rampage? <laughs> you never no, Jenny's number. Oh. oh, you had to look that up. <laughs> oh, I couldn't remember. I didn't want to say it and be wrong, <laughs> even though I probably heard that song a million times. So you didn't just right, get it off the it wall on. like everybody else. The, yeah. the funny thing is, like, where, where I ended up, you know, because I was an army brat, but where I ended up, 867 was one of the prefixes. Um, <laughs> oh, really? Wow. Okay. So you would dial that number, and it was, it was just a deadline. They, the, the phone company had cut it off. Hello, is Jenny there? No, this is still Bill. Yeah. Enough. Yeah. This is the 97th time. <laughs> No, but yes, yeah, so they, they Damn you, Tommy <laughs> Yep, it would it would just like ring or not ring, but it would come as like that, that number is no longer in service or whatever it was. All right, guys. Well, pardon me for these questions because this is my first. This is technically our first show since our actual first show got deleted for. Oh, you're killing, you're killing it! You're killing it! You got deleted uh, for what? <laughs> got deleted. Oh. We had J.L. Born on and W.J. Lundy, and by the time we got done drinking and talking, J.L. Born said, delete the whole thing. I will not allow <laughs> one minute of that to be oh, aired. Wow. <laughs> That's why we decided to stay away from politics. He, <laughs> he told us his personal code, and we can't share it. So yeah, You don't want to know it. I think I it launches nuclear missiles too. Other so. other I want to talk about other genres because I think Brian and I um share a, a series from our early days that hey, baby. Uh, if I remember correctly, we both absolutely loved and that was the sword of Shannara. Yeah. Which is quite different than what we typically typically right now and they have you read all of them or did you only read up like the first five or so? No, so I went through, I, I went through the, so he had the, he had the Night of the Word, uh, this is Terry Brooks. Uh, so he right. had the Night, Night of the Word series and then he had the Shannara series. And then, so the Night of the Word was, was, was a comical kind of deal. Uh, well, right. no, I'm thinking, I'm thinking Magic Kingdom for, for sale sold. That was, that was comical. Uh, but Night of the, Night of the Word kind of was like in current day. And it was like a, a magician type thing that, that got his powers from fairies, all this stuff. Um, <laughs> and then he married that up to his Shannara series, which is a post-apocalyptic world uh, right. set thousands of years in the future after after post-apocalyptic times. Um, and so like the elves and the dwarves and, and trolls right. come back. Um, but no, so I read through where he married them up and then probably... 10 or 15 into it. I don't, I don't even oh, know. Really? Okay. Now. Um, I, I, I definitely have not read his, his latest stuff because I know. No, I haven't either. Basically, I see this stuff is coming out and I, ha I definitely haven't read that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I think I've read the first seven in the sort of scenario. 2007, 2008, probably last one I bought of his. Right. So. Yeah. Did you like fantasy a lot? Of course, yeah. I mean, that was the yeah. first. Like Elf Stones of Shannara is. Oh, that was perfect. great. The perfect book, in my opinion. Uh, that I mean, there is, there is, it was so good. You know, I, I think yeah. I, I had an, I have an old, uh, ratted like dog-eared copy. Like the cover right. came off. It was, I read it so many times that yeah. I actually like took a, uh, an old shoebox and, and cut the cut the shoebox out to to re-glue and use the hot <laughs> glue gun and put it on there and then like like glued the the old cover on um, because it was such a good book. I mean, I read it. it was. I read it was. that book. Probably twenty five times, and that's, that's you know. Epic, I I read that series because everybody said it was a it was a it was a copy of the Lord of the Rings, and so I said, well, okay, well, I like the Lord of the Rings so much, I, I'll, I'll read it. And I'm like, this isn't at all like that. I mean, no, that's it was very different. Just because oh, you, you read it too, okay. creatures. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The creature names, yeah. the elves, and and the trolls. Yeah. You know, I mean, so yeah, I mean that's. In that sense, yeah, okay, there were similarities, but the storylines, you know, it was it was a different story completely, altogether. Completely, you know. 
You know, I mean, everything kind of, you know, when you get into that genre, it's kind of either a coming-of-age story which involves the wars of nations, and, you know, it's, that's just how stories go. <clears throat> Do you ever read that, any, any fantasy, Al? Yeah, um, Conan, John Carter of Mars. Oh, yeah. Sure. Um, and there's what, Pierce Anthony? Yeah, Pierce Anthony, sure. a lot of his stuff. Yeah, his sure. stuff was more comical, you know. Um, mm. And I'm trying to remember. I know I read one of the uh, Elric books. Oh, Michael Marcotte. Yeah, one of those. Yeah. Now he and, was uh, he was one of one of my early days, and he was great favorite of mine. I loved all the Arrow Elric. What's his and name? What's Elric. His name? Uh, Michael no, Marcotte. More. More. It's more. Did you get that? Thank you. Did you get that? Thank Warcock? you for that. Yes. Thank Warcock, you. Big dogs. This guy. <laughs> Very British name, you know. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Warcock. <laughs> yeah. That, I read that. I read a few, but but I never got into Shinara. <laughs> yeah. And I'm afraid to watch the TV series because oh, the, the TV series is atrocious. Don't watch it. Like I anything produced by MTV, okay. don't even don't even try. <laughs> It was terrible. Oh yeah. Oh. And and I I actually I actually was excited about it. You know, I was like, oh, this is gonna be amazing. You know, this exactly is like, like my childhood freaking like this is this is the book that I well the the series of books that I really really loved. Holy cow, did they screw it up? Um, yeah, I watched I watched one and I was like, yeah, that's yeah, that's enough. I mean, I, it, I, it, it was just like uh, Twilight. You know, I mean, that, that same sort of that yeah. same sort of. Teenage angst, love, blah blah blah. Yeah. Yeah. No, I did. I did. I did watch the uh, the the new Wheel of Time, and I knew it wasn't going to be like the story. They just moved it along too quick. Um, but if you take that into account, I really liked what they did with the Wheel of Time. I enjoyed it. I realized it got a little too woke, and you know they changed some things up, but it was still a good story. It's just not the same story, you know. I don't know. Did any of you guys watch the Wheel of Time series? On yeah, I, I went through it and I thought the same thing. Um, if, if they keep the wokeness down, I'll, I'll yeah. watch the next year or the next yeah. season. And if they keep the wokeness down, I'll stick with it. But if it's just going to be, look at me, look what I can do. I'm going to get all political. Then no, I'll drop it like a hot rock. Yeah, I, like I did with football. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You missed a great game, like. An hour ago, man. Oh, I saw the end of it. it was Cincinnati great. game? Yeah. Who was yeah. It? Cincinnati? Who were they playing? Tennessee. Tennessee. It was oh, actually a good game. Beat very last second. Yep. 52-yard wow. field goal. I, I, who, who won? Cincinnati? Yeah. Say again? Cincinnati won? Yes. This this is going to air like our days after this, so we're cool. Yeah, yeah Cincinnati won. <laughs> right? You're not giving it away. Oh, yeah. <laughs> No, this this is going to be, you know, Allen's Allen's pretty pretty much a whiz when it comes to tech. tech. Oh, they're going down tonight, man. They're playing the Packers. Huh. They're going down. They got farther than that? I thought they get. Niners. They're playing the Packers right right now. Actually. Who is? Niners. Oh, I'm, pointing, I'm pointing at my screen like you can see. God damn it, Joe! Look at their fucking screen. <laughs> look at my hat, Joe! Look at my hat. Oh, yeah, you're a San Francisco fan, of course. Oh well, it's not. It's not gay, yeah, Alan. Don't it's, worry. It's, it's not gay. It's hey, not my dad. Gay. My dad and I used to listen to the Niners game. He actually was very sad, man. I got you. I got you. Yeah. <laughs> it's a family. You guys, are you guys both Rich and Brian? Are you guys both Patriot fans? I'm a Patriots fan. No, but I, I was a Patriots fan. You know, when they were two and fourteen with Steve well, Rogan, and I was sitting yeah. there screaming in freezing cold rain. You know, red rivulets from my my Pat's cap dripping down my face. And <laughs> what was the score? Sixty-eight to two. Yeah. Well, they got a safety. Yeah. yeah. So it was. It was. Come terrible. on! I used to go to the Met Stadium in Minnesota in the sixties. Okay. <laughs> you don't know what I was like, football is. So yeah, but did they win? Hey. <laughs> uh, they were in the fourth Super Bowl and the sixth or seventh Super Bowl. But they haven't won a Super Bowl, but they've been in four. You know, so they've had their good days. I hear you. 
that, that actually, was, go right ahead. Oh, I was gonna say, actually, I actually enjoy watching Tom Brady when he was on the Pats or even on on uh, Tampa Bay. Oh, he but is, is sick. To watch. Yeah. He's sick. I mean, yeah, I mean, he's proven it. I mean, he moves to yeah. Tampa Bay. <laughs> and yeah. same damn thing. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, the one, the one who impressed me, the one who impressed me was Eli Manning after he broke his neck. Um, he went out. What was what was it? A California team he went to play for? You're uh, talking about Peyton Manning? Peyton Manning. Peyton Manning. Peyton yeah, Manning. Peyton yeah Peyton he went out to Denver. Uh, Denver. Yeah. Denver. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. And, uh, you know, I mean, he shouldn't even have been playing again after breaking his neck, you would think. Yeah. Oh, he was a hell of a guy, a hell of a quarterback. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Very accurate, very strong arm. Yeah. Of course, Minnesota is known for giving up all the people who go on to win titles. Kevin Garnett gave yeah. him to you guys. And Rich oh, yeah. Gannon, he went on to he trained here in Minnesota for like years, and then we decided he wasn't good enough. And three Randy years later, Moss. Randy Moss. Best thing to come out of Minnesota and come to the Pats. <laughs> oh, I, I was a I was in a fantasy football years ago. Randy Moss was my number one pick every single year. Oh, you got to take a running back. I was like, hell you with know, that, Randy Moss. <laughs> the fans, the fans uh-huh. loved Randy Moss here in Minnesota. We absolutely loved him, but. The coaches just couldn't get along with him, so they decided it was best to trade him. And we were all like, "Trade the coaches." Yeah. I mean, well, that guy. There isn't there isn't any team out there that can cover him. He he was like he was like the 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 Odell Beckham Jr. You know. Yeah. Like, I don't I don't want to yeah. go to a team that that's shitty. You know. Yeah. <laughs> but he was a bit of an asshole too. When he was out, uh, mm-hmm. when he was in um, in Minnesota, he was he was he was kind of full of himself, and he was. Yeah. A, he was a bit of a bitch, but when he came out to <laughs> New England, I mean, he, Bill Belichick. So, Bill, my way or the highways is the way Belichick is, and he, he Randy Moss, he, he whipped him in shape then. first year, and he and Brady set the the touchdown record for one to two. So it was. Uh, you know fantastic. what I think one of the biggest crimes in, in football, professional football, was was um, when Barry Sanders wanted to be traded, you know, from Detroit. He had been with Detroit for years, and he saw that getting late into his career, he saw that Detroit was never going to make the changes necessary in order for him to be on a winning football Still. team. Still. You know, yeah. And, and he had been there for 10 years, I believe, at this point. And, uh, and in my opinion, he was one of the greatest running backs ever. Hell yeah. I don't know how oh. the hell he still has knees. Yeah, you know, still had just, them then, I should say. It's just crazy. And then when he, he decided cut? to just not play, instead of saying, okay, we'll let you go and get some trade value for you, they cut him out altogether. They ended his career. And I just thought that was just really bullshit. Yeah. Maybe hey. I don't get the whole scoop, but. All about the money. Yeah. yeah. I, I work with this dude out at Montrose. He used to play with OJ. His name's Roland Hooks. Does that name ring a bell? No. no. He used to play for, for Buffalo. No. Well, and you are like 250 years old, yeah. so that's... Yeah. 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 Uh, and the dude's me, dude. 70, years, 70 years old, good shape, but you can see, you know, when he's moving to do things, you can tell, you know, he's been beat yeah. up. But he works out there one day a week just for the golf, just to be able to yeah. golf on the golf course. <laughs> that's nice. You know, All yeah. right, well, let's go this direction. You guys have a favorite player ever? Oh, God, yeah, Tom Brady. Tom Brady? Uh, there's no way I could say anyone else. Yeah, yeah. he um, – thank God for Mo Lewis. He uh, <laughs> he brought us – us, yeah, like I played on the Pats too. He brought the Patriots <laughs> from bad to good, and yeah. then he brought them from good to great. And great to perfect. They were just the yeah. perfect team for like just twenty years. Yeah. I mean, even when they lost, they lost really well. Yeah. You know, yeah. those two Giants to the Super Bowl, which <gasps> still breaks my heart. They uh <laughs> that first one that when that was when Moss came. That was the year that Randy Moss showed up when uh they played the Giants in the Super Bowl and lost. Brady I just was watched just... a highlight film of Brady and Moss today. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, I did. It was that's Some the extent of, the stuff of my they football did. as I watch highlights. Yeah. yeah. Brady had a lot of talent around him throughout throughout the years. He really did. Yeah. And now yeah. that that Tampa team is jeez, that's stacked. But yeah, it's Tom Brady for me. They they spent the money. I mean Yeah. How about you, Brian? You got a favorite player? Kurt Warner. Kurt oh, okay. Warner. Is it because you look the, just like him? For the Rams, Gordon, no. right? <laughs> well, yeah, Rams? Rams? Initially, yeah. Because they were they were in St. Louis. It's like, like <laughs> we, we ended up in Missouri. Uh, and that's right. where I graduated from high school and all that sort of stuff. Um, so kind of like when I was really coming into football, um, at the professional, or like watching professional football, um, it was the Rams, you know, and, and, and the, the, the story behind Kurt Warner was just amazing, man. And I, I can't wait to see the, the, the new movie that he's in or well, yeah. not he's in, but about him. No, about so, him. Yeah. Yeah. And, and like the dude was like, like stacking freaking like cans at a grocery store and they're like, Hey, we need a backup. I remember that. You know, I yeah. remember that. And, that and, was great. and and Trent Green he was just playing flag, flag football on the weekend, wasn't he? Yeah. yeah. And Trent Green gets hurt early in the season, and they're like, "Hey, you're the guy." You know, I mean, was you played in the game. Was that from that strike? Were they searching for players because of the strike? I don't, I don't know if it was during the strike. No, I don't yeah, I don't remember. I know, I know, I know. He had played in the he he got drafted in the NFL and then was cut later, like and early on. And then he went and played in Canada. Um, and then and then was done and like legit was like stocking shelves at a grocery store. Yeah, and and, <laughs> and uh, they they gave him the call and he he was the backup for Trent Green, you know, and like, like and the the rest is history. What I a mean, great second act, man! Yeah, yeah. and then, and even even whenever he went to to freaking Arizona, you know, taking him to another Super Bowl. I mean, still you know, legit. Lost that yeah. one, lost yeah, that one, but good. I mean, amazing player, an amazing story, and he's. He, he's an announcer now, um, but still, yeah, it was just like great story. I, I really right. want to see that movie. Um, awesome. He's out here in a couple weeks. Oh, I'll watch it. Alan, how about you? <laughs> Joe Montana. Boom. Hard not to like Joe Montana. <laughs> he, he carried a legacy, him and Rice, was it? Yep, Jerry Rice. Jerry Rice. Yeah. <laughs> they yeah. carried a legacy for a long time. For me, yeah. I mean, I was always partial to Fran Tarkington as a kid, but I was going to go Joe Namath with you. What? I was going to go Joe Namath or Johnny Unitas. One of the two. No, Fran Tarkington was there too. He was there in that age. (laughs) But if I actually had a star, I would go with I would go with Walter Payton. Now that's a class actor. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Perfect. I love Walter Payton. Watching him run was was just incredible. I got. I know he wasn't a Viking. Oh, do you? Yeah, I know he wasn't a Viking, and my dad would be rolling over in a trade. But he was the best running. I I think he was better than Adrian Peterson, who we had here as a Viking. You know, Walter Payton did it. Did it better. He was was a class act off the field too. Yeah, he was. He was the kind of guy that would. He'd go into like a homeless shelter, and he'd he'd be dipping ladles in and in, in, in spooning out soup. Yeah. It, that was just him, and he he didn't do it to get famous. He didn't tell anybody he was going to do it. No, I mean, no. that's why they have the Walter Payton Award. Yeah, you know, okay. yeah. because that guy was just absolute class. It was a good yeah. dude. Yeah, so I that's who I would go with as my favorite because I just I admired everything about him. You know, he took a lot of ballet in order to to be able to move the way he did on the field. And most people would would see that as being somewhat effeminate back in that day and age. But him, he saw it as another way to perfect his craft. And you, have oh, yeah. To, yeah. you have to admire that. You have to admire that. Hey, Joe, we're going to have to wrap this up. We're at an hour. a lot of fun, guys. This was. I really enjoyed it. We'll have you both on again. I don't know. I appreciate you that. This is my first time actually speaking to Mr. Parker. Uh, I've, I've uh, spoken to you two miscreants plenty of times. Yeah. It was nice <laughs> to meet you, Brian. Nice to meet you too, Rich. I had a lot of fun. It was a great show. Um, I uh, hope you guys will come back on again sometime. I hope I didn't Anytime. bore you too much with the stupid questions. Brian? Oh, I love the questions. I've got about 45K done in the next five roads to Texas book. I'm looking forward to Jeez. putting that out. And uh, 
have a good night. Thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, guys. You guys have a good night. All right. Thanks for having us. Thank you very much. All right. Before you go, be sure to leave us a comment and let our weird team know how they're doing. And don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow us to get notifications when we add new content. We are adding new content three, four, and sometimes five times a month. If you want to keep the conversation going or would like to learn more about our panel of hosts, be sure to check out our link tree. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Weird Realities. It links to our official Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and website. Weird Realities Podcast is made possible by Lauren Smith, producer, with Night Callers Production, and Logan Craft with Beaver Hook Productions.